Welcome to the sermon podcast of Paley Presbyterian Church. The following sermon is by Pastor Jonathan Mikesell. We know that two sets of hands are generally better than one. If you've ever wanted to move some heavy furniture around your house, you know that what two people can accomplish might even be impossible for one. If you've ever had a tough problem to solve, particularly in an area where you didn't have the expertise, you were glad when another person came in to fill in the gap to help you out. Or maybe you needed to put up a tent or a similar kind of object that seems to take about six hands at one time. You know, by yourself, it's literally impossible. In any one of these situations, help is required to achieve what is desired. And sometimes we know we need that help. You know, there's a certain point at which you just can't budge the heavy couch. You can't do it by yourself. You know that. There's no consideration of even trying to do it on your own. But there are other times, times when we really need help, but when we're either too impatient or too stubborn to ask for that help. And so instead of waiting and receiving the help that we need, we plunge in on our own. Sometimes this might work out okay, but often we find ourselves either unable to complete the task in question or completely completing it in a completely unsatisfactory manner. I remember a time when I was probably in middle school and I had a project complete that required me to paint a cardboard box as a prop for the project. I set things up in our family garage and I completed the painting. But when I was finished, I wasn't quite sure what to do with the paintbrush. And instead of waiting to get some assistance from my mom, I decided to go find her upstairs, inside the house. You might be able to see between the lines here. The only problem was I didn't leave the paintbrush in the garage. I carried it with me. And so I ended up dripping paint throughout the entire house. What could have been a simple cleanup if I had waited for some help became a much more difficult process. And today, as we continue our series of one another statements in the Bible, and particularly thinking about how we as brothers and sisters in Christ are to live together in one another, we are going to think about some passages that, that talk about this notion of bearing one another's burdens, helping each other to carry some of those heavy loads of life. Some of those burdens might be as rather insignificant as the paintbrush incident that I had as a child. But many of them have much more significant impacts and outcomes. Whether those needs relate to help at the time of a sickness or loss of a job or other financial loss, or just general times of difficulty. COVID-19 to anyone? We recognize needs for help from people who are outside of ourselves. And Jesus invites us to take those needs to him, recognizing that he provides the help and the assistance that we need. We already heard this morning from a portion of the passage from Matthew chapter 11. I'm just going to read verses 28 to 30 once again that says this from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
It is wonderful to know that in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of trying times, we can turn to God, we can find comfort, and we can find assistance. And often God uses our brothers and sisters in Christ to bring tangible aspects of that burden-bearing to us. God is the ultimate source of that burden-bearing, but God uses us with, in relationship to one another. And one of the incredible blessings that we have as the church is the ability to give and to receive guidance and help in the face of trying and difficult times. In this way, we are able to bear one another's burdens and to find assistance and help in time of need. Now, if I told you that our focus was on carrying the burdens of one another, I think most of us would assume the sermon would be all about providing these kinds of material help and assistance that I just outlined. And while that is a significant portion of the ways in which we can assist one another, the other passage that was read this morning from Galatians chapter 6 turns this notion of bearing one another's burdens in a slightly different direction. There in Galatians 6, Paul points to bearing one another's burdens not in a material, physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. Specifically, the burdens of sin can be assisted and helped, help us to face those things as brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to reference portions of that passage that have already been read as we think about how it is that we have the opportunity to bear one another's spiritual burdens. Now, as we recognized, and as we mentioned earlier, we recognize the importance of helping others as we face these physical and material challenges. There are times when, whether we like it or not, we have to receive assistance. There's just no other way around it. But when it comes to our relationship with God, we often have a much harder time admitting our need for others or our responsibility to help others in their times of need. Why is that the case? Why does it seem like we have a, an easier time either giving or receiving assistance in those material, physical ways? but a much harder time when it comes to our relationship with God. Well, we certainly live in a world full of temptation. Things like gossip, pornography, cheating on taxes, on expense reports at work, or all manner of activities that go against the plan and the will of God. In fact, we learn in Scripture that our natural human inclination is to disobey God. Sin is real. Temptation is is real. It impacts our lives. We can't claim that we are without sin. Here's the thing. We're not alone in facing that sin or that temptation. We have the power and the help from God in the face of temptation, and, and we have the help of our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ from whom we can receive guidance and assistance as well. In all of our lives, there are times when we need to receive help spiritually, and there are times when we need to give help spiritually. And so in our remaining time together today, we're going to think about what that looks like, how that happens in our relationship with God. Now, in this passage from Galatians, Paul is actually writing to the person who is giving the assistance, the one who is bearing the burden. Assumed is the response by the one who actually was caught in sin and needed that assistance. But I want us to first of all think about that person that was caught in sin, that one who was receiving that assistance. And the reason is that it's an, it's an important place to begin is because we can often do a pretty good job of 
hiding or at least trying to hide our transgressions. Reality, our sin will ultimately come to light. It will eventually be exposed. Isn't it far better to bring that to the light of God earlier and to receive the assistance and the help of God when it's, when it's much earlier in that process? So how is a person caught in sin aided in a process by this confrontation and restoration that we hear indicated in this passage? Well, let me first of all be clear. Only God can forgive sin. We don't confess sin for the purpose of having another individual absolve us of the consequences of our sin. Only the shed blood of Jesus Christ can accomplish that. But there are certainly times in each one of our lives when it is very, very helpful to have that tangible person, that brother and sister in Christ, first of all, stand before us and help us to actually see the sin that's around us and the need for repentance. It can be easy for us to make up all sorts of excuses in our mind, absolving ourselves of guilt for things that are clearly wrong. Sometimes we need that clear light and that clear truth of another who can see clearly the error of our situation and can help us to understand that more clearly. The flip side of that, or the other side of that, also is important. We also need that tangible brother and sister in Christ to stand in front of us and firm, affirm the reality of God's forgiveness. Scripture affirms if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sometimes the challenge is recognizing the sin, and sometimes the challenge is recognizing the forgiveness and the cleansing that are possible through Jesus Christ. Our Christian brothers and sisters can stand in that gap and can help us to tangibly understand both parts of that, to understand accurately the restoration that's possible from God. Now, some of us like to argue that our sin struggles are actually no one else's business. It's none of their business what's happening. They, we don't need to confess to others. We don't need to admit our weakness. But here's the thing. All of us have sinned. We all need the forgiveness of God. And Satan likes to try to trick us into thinking that we're alone in our sin. Either that no one could possibly understand and that everyone's going to think that we're particularly horrible in our sin, or that they're going to think it's nothing and we can just get away with it. If we just hide it, we can just get away. And as a result, we have a tendency. We have a tendency to keep those sins hidden. We don't find the forgiveness and the spiritual renewal that God desires as a result. Keeping sin hidden keeps us from experiencing the awesome power of the light of God. Now, for some of you, that may not seem to make a lot of sense. But there's something powerful about bringing sin into the light of day. A lot of what the enemy wants to accomplish when it comes to sin involves keeping it in the dark, keeping it in secret. By exposing that sin, it can be seen for the awfulness that it is. But it can also be recognized as forgivable and redeemable by God who is actually in the restoration business. There's a power in exposing sin to the light of God's truth, and that's a significant part of bearing one another's burdens. Now, I do want to give one disclaimer at this point. Bringing sin into the light of day doesn't necessarily mean making it known to the t entire world or even the entire church. This confession is often one-on-one or in the context of a small group. In that context, the true burden-bearing can occur 
the restoration can happen. And forgiveness and reconciliation that God desires in each one of our lives can happen. So, we recognize the importance of burden bearing for the one who is caught in sin. That may be seem clear that the one caught in sin needs this kind of assistance. When we're caught in sin, we, we need others to step into our lives and to give us some help. But if you're on the outside looking in, if you're on the other side of that, of that coin, looking into the situation, this notion of getting involved in someone else's sin problem can seem daunting. It can even seem off-putting for some of us. What is, what is their sin, any problem of mine or any concern of mine? How can I possibly make a difference in that situation? Should I even make a difference in that situation? Well, let me address this last question first. Should I get involved and should I make a difference? If we recognize the impact of sin, both on the person committing the sin and on the others who are aggrieved by it, and we have an opportunity to stop it, we should take that opportunity. Now, there are many caveats to that statement, many things that, that sort of give some clarity to that that we're going to get into in a few minutes. But as a general course of action, we do have a responsibility to those with whom we have a relationship to address the real recognized sin in their lives. The example that I always often like to point to comes from the world of parenting. If I see my kids, particularly when they were smaller, playing in the street, a street I know to have many cars driving on it, I have a responsibility. And in fact, it's the loving thing to do to go out and to get them out of the street and to stop them from playing in that street where they're going to get hurt. Similarly, if you see a brother or sister in Christ caught in acts of sin, it's actually the loving and the caring thing to address that issue with them in love. So in the proper context, it is appropriate to bear one another's burdens by confronting sin. How do we go about doing that? What's needed from the one who is providing this burden-bearing, this confrontation? Well, Paul begins in this passage by recognizing that the ability to understand and confront sin comes from God. You who have received the Spirit, he says. This is not a do-it-in-your-own-strength-and-ability kind of thing. It, it should only be attempted with the help and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So any interaction should begin with prayer and a clear understanding of God's guidance and direction. Then going on, Paul says, this should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. The goal of going to our brothers and sisters in Christ is not to put the person in his or her place, not to show how rotten to the core that person is. Instead, the goal is for restoration. And that's an important distinction to make because it can be easy for us when we're going into these kinds of situations for restoration to not be the goal. We can try to prove a point or to show someone up. But Paul makes it clear. The goal, the goal is restoration and repentance. In addition to this goal of repentance and restoration, Paul makes the point that this is to be done with gentleness. Again, it's not an exercise in making a point or showing uh, superiority. Instead, it should be accomplished with care and with caution. I know that's much easier said than done. But God, remember, God gives the ability to bear those spiritual burdens of others. So that's a little bit of the how of bearing spiritual burdens. By addressing those detected transgressions, 
recognizing the work of the Holy Spirit, seeking restoration, and doing it all in the spirit of gentleness. Those things are part of how we interact with the other. But equally important is the spiritual care, the spiritual outlook of the one who is bearing the burden. And there are two significant ways in which that person can get into trouble. One side of that challenge is, involves thinking that you're so strong that you could never succumb to the temptation that this other person is involved in. And Paul says that, take care that you yourselves are not tempted. All of us have been and continually will be tempted by sin. That means that all of us can give in to sin. We should always approach these kinds of situations with humility, knowing that we too can succumb to the power of sin. Taking care to recognize the gravity of the situation and the ways in which we ourselves could succumb is, is part of our sort of self-evaluation in the beginning. And the reason that's so important, the reason it's so important to recognize our vulnerability, is it not only keeps us on guard against committing those sins ourselves, but it also keeps us from a second key danger. And that is going into these situations with a judgmental spirit. Now, many in our culture today find this whole topic off-putting precisely because it seems to be a judgmental activity. Who am I to even address the sin of my brother or sister? As we've already addressed, we do have a responsibility to our brothers and sisters in Christ, a responsibility to address sin given the opportunity and in the appropriate circumstances. But the concern for judgmentalism is not unfounded. We need to take care there as well. And at its core, this protection against judgmentalism is a check on our motivations for getting involved in the first place. If we're doing this out of spirit of showing our own superiority, we're motivated wrongly. If we're doing it out of a, a, a desire to prove a point or to put another person down, then we're motivated wrongly and we are exhibiting a judgmental spirit. As Paul puts it, for if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. However, if we genuinely are looking out for the interests of the other person and are coming to them humbly admitting that we too are sinners who have received the help and the forgiveness of God, and that it's our desire to share with them the same source of help and encouragement and restoration that we ourselves have received? Well, if that's our spirit, if that's the motivation, if that's the way that we're approaching it, then we have the opportunity precisely at that point to be used by God to bear the burdens of another and to do so without falling into the traps of either succumbing to that temptation or of approaching the person in a judgmental spirit. Now, as we close today, I do need to address verse 5 very briefly. Because there in verse 5, Paul says this, For all must carry their own loads. And that statement seems to fly in the face of all that we've been discussing. How can Paul say in verse 2 that we are to bear one another's burdens, and then in verse 5 that we must all carry our own loads? Well, here's the thing. That earlier bearing of burdens that we've talked about throughout this sermon— that's those things that are too hard to carry yourself. These later burdens in verse 5, which actually is a different word in Greek, reference those things which are naturally part of our responsibility. And again, that may seem like double talk, but really what's happening here is a mixture of personal responsibility and mutual accountability. 
We are personally responsible for the sins in which we engage. And at the same time, there is the call for accountability, for mutual accountability between brothers and sisters in Christ, between members of the congregation of God. We need both. And that may seem just a bit too simplistic, but it reminds us of how we are called to soberly review our own actions, how we are called to soberly review our own relationship with God, while at the same time recognizing the opportunity and in fact the responsibility that we have to one another. Bearing the burdens of one another, particularly the spiritual burdens of one another, can seem like a daunting task. Remember, the general context for this is in that of mutual relationship, authentic relationships where we've developed this trust, where we've developed the opportunity to get to know one another, develop the trust to be able to share in one another's lives with the true and right spirit that God intends. We are reminded as well that we don't do this in our own strength. It's the Holy Spirit who guides us, directs us, and helps us. When properly done and well done, such burden bearing is a gift, a gift that we share with one another and a gift that marks the church as a place of vulnerability, as a place of, of openness, as a place of sharing the truth of God, the confession to God, and the restoration and forgiveness that only God can bring. May we be open to God's guidance. May we be open to sharing and to receiving this gift with one another this day.